Pour parler d'agriculture et d'Europe à la jeunesse. Le climatwandel erfasst immer weitere Teile der Welt. Farmers help us bring nature back and preserve biodiversity. Ceux qui sont dans le rouge s'en sortent quand ils font plus vert. La qualité dans ce pays, elle doit être là pour tous. Berlin International Green Week opened its doors on the 20th of January. And for Food for Europe, it's a great opportunity to talk about the European Union's new Common Agricultural Policy, or CAP, with farmers, interest groups and representatives of the EU institutions, including the Commission and the Parliament. In this, our 26th edition. So here are some snapshots from our Facebook Live broadcast that we made from the event, which you can enjoy in full on our Facebook site. Let me first introduce our guests for this live podcast. Katrine Rudolph, who's Deputy Head of Unit at the Directorate General for Agriculture in the European Commission and who's responsible for the implementation of the CAP in Germany. Ulrike Müller, she's a member of the European Parliament from the centrist Renew Europe Group and is on the Parliament's Committee on Agriculture and Rural Development. Pina Stahler, a farmer in Baden-Württemberg and also a district councillor in the Enskreis, and Konstantin Kreiser, Head of Nature Conservation Policy at the Nature Conservation Association of Germany. Welcome to you all, and first to you, Ulrike Müller. What does this new CAP actually offer in fairness on the one side and competitiveness on the other? After all, what farmers do best is cultivate the land. So to what extent is that at the forefront of the new CAP? Well, we're talking about a lot of money here. It's about transparency. It's about leading our farmers into the future. I am proud that we are moving even further away from the old CAP model. We have passed from a system based only on obeying rules to a system of services. And the system rewards farmers who provide those services more effectively. That was a big challenge, a big task. And that's why I support this new model with great enthusiasm. I think what we have now is a transitional model. It's completely clear to me that the challenges are huge in the area of climate protection, environmental protection, biodiversity, sustainability, animal welfare, and it is important to set the framework conditions. We made it possible at a European level, and now it's about how the 27 member states implement the vision. And here in Germany, we have the particular status of our federal states, each of which has a role to play in implementing the policy. Each federal state has a bit of a game in the second pillar. And one thing I really must add, I will not accept ministers in our federal states continuing to blame everything on Brussels because I know what we have negotiated and what our room for maneuver is. Katrine Rudolph, this new common agricultural policy was developed by the European Commission. How did you develop the plan to make sure that today's common agricultural policy will be fairer? 
Dass wir heute hier sitzen, ist das Resultat von einem jahrelangen Prozess auf verschiedenen Ebenen. The fact that we are sitting here today is the result of several years of work across the institutions in Brussels, but also in the member states. And I would also say in the countryside with farmers, because the consultative process was also very strong with public events and discussions at the local level. Overall, I think that the result today is that we have a real chance of moving forward now that EU legislation and national legislation is in place. There is now much less detail in the European legislation. A paradigm shift has taken place at the level of the EU. We set safeguards, the framework and the content, which must then be implemented at national level according to the division of legislative competences. And this flexibility naturally offers a great chance to meet the objectives that are set at European level for more equitable, greener, more social and more sustainable agriculture to achieve common objectives through local action. If we look at things correctly, there are many opportunities. And now it's a question of implementing them so that farmers can best take advantage of them. Well, what do farmers make of these opportunities? Pina Stalla, do you think that it will ensure a fair income for farmers? Will it increase competitiveness? What's your impression? We always hear talk about reducing bureaucracy. We have the impression that the requirements we face are more and more complex. In the meantime, we spend more time in the office processing paperwork or requests for financial assistance. As a farmer, you want to be outside with your animals, driving your tractor, not spending your time in your office. As a small family business, we want to be supported. It shouldn't be only the large agricultural groups that are supported. This is very important because we are the ones who maintain the landscape and the crops. We defend biodiversity and sustainability. But what must also be said is that we provide services for the community. Of course, we also want to be supported by public money. And what is always Underestimated, we also want fair prices for the food we produce. We don't want to be dependent on social welfare. We just want fair prices for the food we produce. Katrin Rudolph? Well, I think the Green Week is a chance to be able to discuss with farmers, but also with all the different stakeholders, and to have concrete, practical examples. But we also have to be aware of one thing. If, for example, I ask a young farmer to present a business plan with a five- or seven-year perspective for assistance so that he presents an economic concept before receiving the aid, is that bureaucracy or a legitimate demand relating to the payment of taxpayers' money. The same is true in other areas. If we want to monitor and evaluate the results of the CAP in 5, 10 or 15 years, we need data. But where does this data come from? It doesn't just fall from the sky, it comes from farms. Let's move on to environmental questions. This new common agricultural policy is supposed to be the greenest ever. But how green will it actually be?
Also mein Name ist Sebastian. My name is Sebastian Mittermeier. I work for Naturland, the Association for Organic Agriculture, and I'm responsible for agricultural policy and sustainability. So there are already important changes in the new common agricultural policy. For example, I would say that the approach regarding eco-schemes is very important. What we actually find crucial as an organic association is the farm-to-fork strategy and its goal of 25% of European land under cultivation being farmed organically. This is a very progressive goal, which we also absolutely support. Nevertheless, it is crucial for us that the CAP is the main instrument to transform agriculture, and today the resources to push organic agriculture up to 25% are not apparent. And here we believe that Brussels must improve things. Ulrike Müller, you heard that contribution from Natureland regarding what's expected from Brussels. What's your response? Im Interview. Yeah. Yes, it's clear. Everyone always wants more. We reformed the CAP, the European Commission proposed the work program, the Green Deal, the Farm to Fork strategy include about 20 different pieces of legislation that must be adapted to guarantee food security, make it more sustainable and give direction to farmers. I understand that our farmers are very worried about the future. The terrible war of aggression against Ukraine has suddenly made a see what it means to maintain supply chains. Of course, we have food production, but we had a distribution problem, transport problem from one point to another. We have a job to do for the whole of society, even the whole world. We don't disagree with that at all. I think the targets for the reduction of agricultural output that are now on the table need to be adapted. Konstantin Kreiser. Konstantin Kreiser, what's your analysis of the extent of greening in the new CAP? From our point of view, this CAP may be a little greener than the previous one, but even so, we have to look at what is happening in the member states. In most situations, spending on climate protection and biodiversity remains the same as in the previous CAP. This was decided by the member states and approved by the Commission. The Commission says that eco-schemes will serve 100% for climate protection, but the Federal Environmental Agency, but the Federal Environment Agency has done its maths. It's going to be just 20% maximum. We had a target of 10% of uncultivated surfaces. This is the minimum we need to ensure insect and bird diversity and climate adaptation. The CAP provides for 4%. This was cancelled, then reduced to 3% last year, with the argument that we need these surfaces for food. Katrin Rudolph? There is room for maneuver created for the member states and the regions and therefore removed from the European framework. In the area of environmental regulations, there were three or four safeguards in principle, a budgetary safeguard and even some guidelines for certain calculations of the financial assistance, but otherwise nothing else. We must, of course, contribute to the environment, the climate and also to animal welfare objectives 
objectives. But the organization is totally flexible within these safeguards for member states. And we have the same in the second pillar, where the objectives have also been reduced. We see that even in the German strategic plan, there are also models of cooperation alongside in the classic agri-environmental measures. There are outcome-based models that may not be represented as much as one would like. It's not about the fact that the member states have more freedom. I don't think so. Member states are automatically innovative if the Commission gives them freedom. I'm primarily concerned with the fact that well over half of the money is still distributed in basic payments. We therefore need to see how much the member states really devote to eco-schemes and how much is in the second pillar. This is why we are also wondering how to prepare farms for the imminent disappearance of the basic payment. Many of them may leave the system if the premium becomes too low. Catherine Rudolph, is the goal of a quarter of EU land under cultivation going organic by 2030 really feasible? The objectives of the farm-to-fork strategy are quantitative. Why? Simply to say that we set ourselves a political objective that we want to achieve at European level by 2030. If we want to achieve something, we have to distance ourselves from the question. It's about a political objective or a regulatory objective, because the direction must be clear and the direction must be taken. We need a more sustainable and, at the same time, economically profitable production system in Germany and Europe. The CP strategic plan is also part of a more complex context here, where there are other supporting financial measures, where there are political and regulatory frameworks, where the market plays a role. And in the strategic plan of the CP, the promotion of the conversion to or maintenance of organic farming is one of the most important measures of the second pillar. It's about having a long-term goal to which you have to adapt flexibly. And this is not a planned economy because no one prescribes that a member state must prove that it farms 25% of its land organically or it will not receive any more money from the EU. The fact is that the current market situation is difficult and we can only hope for all our benefit that it will improve. To conclude, Pina Stahler, where do you see agricultural policy in 20 or 30 years? What do you want to achieve? As a family business, of course I want to be able to pass on my farm to the next generation. We work 70, 80 hours a week in summer and a little less in winter. We work 365 days a year and we want to earn money for it. We prefer to earn money from the food we produce than to reply on public funds. And where do I see myself in 20 years? Maybe in retirement? I don't know. I hope so. But I continue to see myself as part of the business. We made an investment in it only a few years ago and I hope that we can continue to manage it in our beautiful region of Engskreis. Well, that's all from this edition of Food for Europe, live from Berlin during Green Week. Many thanks to all my guests for their contribution to this podcast, and thank you very much for listening. We'll be together again in two weeks in the next edition when we'll provide you with a portrait of Swedish agriculture as Sweden takes on the presidency of the Council of the European Union for the first six months of this year. Until then, bon appétit. Tschüss, bleiben Sie gesund, bis zum nächsten Mal. 
Organic farming is steadily increasing. That's good. Pour parler d'agriculture et d'Europe à la jeunesse. Le climatwandel erfasst immer weitere Teile der Welt. Farmers help us bring nature back and preserve biodiversity. Ceux qui sont dans le rouge s'en sortent quand ils font plus vert. La qualité dans ce pays, elle doit être là pour tous. 